Hello there, all you creeps. If you're one of the many new listeners, or even if you're someone who's been around and has chosen not to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, do it now, or I will forever haunt you in your home. That basically just means I will provide you with the best cuddling that you've ever experienced, and I'll probably do your dishes, honestly. You can also help support us all by giving us a five-star rating on Spotify and by following us on our social media at The Fright Crew on Insta and The Fright Crew Pod on TikTok. I also just want to tell you guys how much we adore and appreciate all of your continued support, and we thank you from the bottom of our decrepit little hearts. Now, roll the intro. <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> What's spooky, you creeps? I'm your gentleman who runs the trailer park, offering you a cup of Good Morning America. Holy shit, this stuff will wake you up, Jensen Harper. Okay, I think you you had a character picked out for me, and I'm not going to be her. I, I think actually, I know which one. I spaced it on this one. I didn't pick one out for you. Okay, there was an unhinged um, like girl in a rock band with her boobies out on stage. Okay, okay. Just acting a fool. I'm like, Jensen probably thinks I'm going to be her, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> it was giving the chaotic energy that I give off. Yeah. But I'm David Bowie in mm. a floral button-up. For like five minutes. Yeah. For a brief <laughs> moment. <laughs> and I, I still appear... don't understand who that character was, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would you would understand if you saw the show. But you okay, didn't. all right, but he's all in right. It. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's Courtney. I'm Jensen. I love that for you, David Bowie, always, right? Yeah, always. King. Yes. And um, we're here. We're continuing with our David Lynch month with my pick. Um, like we said last week, we're doing Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Now, just got to preface this by saying multiple things I'll reiterate. I am not, I haven't delved into David Lynch a whole lot. A, B, I have not watched the series of Twin Peaks, so B, sorry. And I guess that's it, but I am struggling a lot with this movie. I'll say that. Doesn't mean I didn't enjoy my time, but, you know, with our discussion portion and stuff, I'll get more, you know, deeper into that. But yeah, dude, I think there is a part of me that had this hyped up a lot in my head because, you know, just looking at Letterboxd and having this on my watch list for a while, um, I had seen other people's ratings that it was, you know, a four, 4.5, some five out of fives, like stuff like that. And so I had high, high hopes. And with everything else that I've watched with David Lynch, I've been pretty positive on, obviously. And this one just was really weird to me. <laughs> I don't know. And I, I yeah. know I'm not alone in that. Like, I know like a lot of critics hated this when it came out. We'll get into that with our like trivia and stuff. But I mean, a lot of people, th- it's so weird. This movie is counted as his masterpiece yet. Some other critics think this was his downfall. Like, I guess I think there was a piece of trivia information that said that Quentin Tarantino after watching this movie, like swore off David Lynch as a director. Interesting. Which is yeah. I could be misquoting that. And dramatic. Yeah. Very fucking. I mean. Grow typ- up. Yeah. Typical Tarantino. But. So, dude, I don't know. I. 
I'd like to hear your like gush or whatever if you have one like you know why uh, this movie. I don't Even know I if I have it, a like, super I I enjoy it only um because I think it fits well with the series which mm-hmm. I watched the first season second season I kind of like skimmed I didn't right. really watch there's like, a lot intently. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um the third season I think came out in what like 2017 I never watched that did it wow I, think so um holy shit um yeah i want to say it was like 2017 around that time maybe a little bit later i can't quite remember um i kind of want to look that up now just so i can see maybe they when that was because they were trying yeah. to revive it but twin peaks season three um yeah 2017 wow so i remember when they were releasing it i didn't didn't watch it i think it was on showtime um oh, okay okay but yeah so i watched the series a long time ago with my dad and i liked it a lot um sure. second season again like i skimmed it i don't remember a whole lot of it mm-hmm. kind of and then the movie i do enjoy just because it's like a prequel so it kind of like gives you some stuff that you didn't get with the series but right I was telling Jensen earlier that I hadn't seen this in a long time and watching it again, trying to think of like an outsider watching it for the first time without seeing anything else. And I was like, okay, I maybe fucked up telling yeah. him that he wouldn't need to see the series beforehand. And he probably was watching that in shock. Yeah. And, and that's like, fuck it. I'll just, put it up front like that's part of my complaint is not even i'm not even talking about the shots of like the monkey in black and white and like the the little person like in talking backwards like i'm fine with lynch being as weird as he wants to be like he's a weird king we love that um it's that i don't i i i don't know exactly maybe once you know i watched it like Sunday so it's been like like half a week so I just I don't know I struggled with this quite a bit more than I was expecting to and especially compared to the you know other two films that I've seen by him so I'll just put that out there Um, if you don't really have any more like gush then we can just get right into trivia so that we can start discussing this film in the notes section. yeah all right let us get into the brains of this movie Courtney, let's hear some cool stuff. I got the this brains. This has quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. yeah. I I only got a little bit of brains. So. No, that's perfect. Yeah, that's fine. Mine's not okay. as big as last week. I'll say that too, but it's still a little bit. Okay, you gotta save. You gotta save a little bit for the the, the third yep, installment. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, Okay, so Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me is a 1992 psychological horror film directed by David Lynch, or David Lynch, as Jensen calls him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was written by Lynch and Robert Ingalls. It serves as a prequel to the television series Twin Peaks, which ran from 1990 to 1991, created by Mark Frost and David Lynch, who were also executive producers. Yep. Uh, So Aaron Spelling Productions wanted to produce a third season of Twin Peaks, but ABC canceled the series due to declining ratings and high production cost, which makes sense because I think once it got to season two, people were like, what the fuck? (laughs) And a lot of people lost interest. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still, I love what they did. 
Uh, so Lynch and Spelling Productions decided to conclude the series as a film trilogy, quickly securing the 75 million three film deal with the French company Sibi 2000 and announcing the first film just months after the series cancellation. Uh, Lynch and co-creator Mark Frost, whose relationship soured during the second season, disagreed on whether to make the project a conventional sequel or a non-linear prequel. Frost ultimately left and decided to, or directed his own film, uh, Storyville, hmm. which I had not seen. Mm-mm. Never even heard uh, of it. So I haven't, I have not either, which is interesting. I'll have to look that up yeah. after this. Um, so principal photography began on September 5th of 1991 in Snoqualmie. Snoqualmie. I'm going to keep letting you go for it. Literally, it's spelled <laughs> S-N-O-Q-U-A-L-M-I-E. Yeah, I think it's like Snoqualmie. It's like a Native <laughs> okay. American. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I will not try it again. Washington. <laughs> Uh, and lasted until October of the same year with four weeks uh, dedicated to locations in Washington and another four weeks of interiors and additional locations in Los Angeles, California. Uh, when shooting went over schedule in Seattle, Washington, Laura's, uh, well, I don't know if I should say this part because it'll give a little bit of the movie away. Nah, that's whatever. <laughs> okay. It's it's from 1992, so people can, they can deal with it. Uh, Laura's death in the train car had to be shot in Los Angeles on soundstage during the last day of shooting um, on October 31st, which is my favorite day in Jensen's. Yeah. Uh, the course. production <laughs> progressed very quickly. Uh, David Bowie expressed disappointment with his role in the film, saying that they crammed me. Uh, they crammed him. Uh, he did all of his scenes in four to five days because he was in rehearsals for the 1991 Tin Machine tour. And he was only on set for a few days. We yeah, wanted kind of more David Bowie. Of course, yeah. Uh, so Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me received a reaction quite the contrary to the television series. Uh, the film was entered into the 1992 Keynes Film Festival where it was met with a polarized response. There is a persistent story that the film was met with boos and hisses from the Keynes audience, though co-writer Robert Ingalls denies that this event ever happened. Because mm. he's embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a contemporary news report only says there were some hoots and whistles during the screening for critics and journalists. Uh, so U.S. distributor New Line Cinema released the film in America on August 28th of 1992. It grossed a total of $1.8 million in 691 theaters in its opening weekend and went on to gross a total of $4.2 million in North America. Uh, so despite the mixed critical and poor commercial response, uh, the film gained attention um, at awards times. The film was nominated for five Saturn Awards and two Independent Spirit Awards, including Cheryl Lee being nominated for Best Actress, Angelo Battlementi's uh, musical score subsequently won a Spirit Award, a Saturn Award, and a Brit Award. Uh, so good. for ratings, yeah. that actually, yeah, that is really good for the score, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. It actually mm -hmm. is pretty good. Uh, and then for ratings, we have a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 4.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Yeah, see? Um, precisely. That's a lot, man. That's that's high. I, maybe I shouldn't high. say that. Yeah. I, it is I, pretty know, high. Yeah, I'm just... I, I'm very alone in my friends list of being as low as I am. So I'll say that I, there is a two out of five on here. So I'm not that low, but 
as I'm giving away my fucking rating. But I think you you okay. you could guess it now almost, I bet, you know? Like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, could. it's just I don't know, man. I don't maybe the discussion will help me kind of warm up to it a little bit. So, but like I did say last week that there was a time sometime a few years ago that I did try to watch Twin Peaks because I was curious. I turned it on and was like, I don't really know what the fuck I'm watching. And this was before I was like more of a film buff and stuff, but I just couldn't get into it. So I don't know, man, maybe Twin Peaks is just not the universe that I want to live in. (laughs) Yeah, it must not be. Yeah, so. All right, well, I'll uh, move into, like I said, guys, last week, um, I did David Lynch, like, from the beginning on to the 90s. So if you want to hear, like, you know, how he got started and everything, which is fascinating, go listen to the beginning of last week, or hopefully you already did or whatever. But I'm going to continue on from the 90s. So during the 90s, David met Mark Frost, where they decided to work together on a biopic of Marilyn Monroe, but it never actually came to fruition. But then one day, while in a coffee shop, David and Mark came up with the idea of a body washing up on a lake shore. The project was initially named Northwest Passage, but was later changed to, of course, Twin Peaks. David said, quote, the project was to mix a police investigation with the ordinary lives of the characters, end quote. So they pitched the idea to ABC, who agreed to take it on as a project where they then produced a season with seven episodes. Out of the seven episodes, David directed two of them because of his film Wild at Heart that he was making at the time. His friend had given him the book and had told David that he had wanted to direct it, but David ended up wanting to do it instead. So, um, And he, also with Twin Peaks, he also played cameos in some of the episodes as FBI agent Gordon Cole. Mm-hmm. Same as this. So due to its success, there was a second season ordered, which had a total of 22 episodes, so way different. ABC execs forced David and Mark to reveal Laura Palmer's killer's identity, which David hated. He feels to this day that it is one of his biggest professional regrets. And the show was then canceled after a couple more episodes. And then David directed the final episode himself so that he could end the series on a cliffhanger, which I don't love, but that's okay. As for Wild at Heart, it actually won the Palme d'Or at the 1990 Con Film Festival, and after the success of it, David decided to continue the story of Twin Peaks with this film. And this movie was a commercial failure, uh, though despite a few critics claiming that it was actually David's masterpiece, like I said. And after all of this, David decided to move on to some TV stuff for a couple of years, but these projects were mostly unsuccessful. So yet again, he moved back into film and came back with Lost Highway in 1997. Uh, What do you know? This was met with very mixed reviews by critics and audiences. Have you seen Lost Highway, Courtney? I have not. Okay. Me neither. I've heard good things, but, you know, I, I don't know. So we'll see if I ever get to it. After this, David moved on to his work on The Straight Story, which surprisingly has no profanity, sexuality, or violence in it. It's also G-rated, believe it or not. So uh, this surprised tons of people, but people generally generally liked it too, so that's good. In 2000, David went to ABC again to shoot a two-hour pilot for a TV drama that he wanted to make. That was Mulholland Drive, originally supposed to be a series, yes. The concept of it being a TV pilot was shelved by ABC, but alongside Studio Canal, David finished the shoot and turned it into a film. This film got David Best Director at the 2001 Cannes Film Festival and from the New York Film Critics Association. He also had gotten a nomination for Best Director at the Academy Awards for it, so that's pretty cool. 
Uh, this is a major blind spot for me. Mulholland Drive is one I have not seen either. So, As the internet began to grow at this point, David used it to his advantage and created online shorts and new series that he had made on davidlynch.com. Um, I was going to like use the link and see if it exists or not, but I'm not sure if it does. And that was in December of 2001, so I don't know. Um, some of these were later released onto DVD, though, I guess, so that's pretty cool. Later on in 2006, David made Inland Empire. This is actually his longest film at three hours long and has like a ton of people who had previously worked with David on his other films. I guess to advertise the film, David was seen around town with a cow and a placard with the slogan, quote, without cheese, there would be no Inland Empire on it. So <laughs> I don't know. Doing his thing. David just doing his thing. David doing David stuff. Yes. David lunch. David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> in 2009, David wanted to work with Werner Herzog, so they collaborated on the film My Son, My Son, What Have You Done? Uh, this one is actually based on the true story of an actor who committed matricide while acting in a production of the Oresteia at a Greek, which is a Greek tragedy. That was a sentence. Jesus. Yeah. So matricide is where you kill your mother. And oh. then, yeah. And then something about the film production that he was in or the play production that he was in is kind of linked to it, like Greek tragedy stuff, whatever. A lot of stuff, but yeah. So that um that kind of concludes the 90s and the t- early 2000s. So next week we'll go from there and, um, you know, just see. We'll, we'll finish it out, you know, with our last pick of David Lunch Month and it'll be fun. I'm, you know, because there has been a lot about David Lynch has been kind of cast out of the mainstream, sadly, um, Mm -hmm. which is really shocking. You know, I know a lot of his films are very polarizing, as we have noticed, but at the same time, like if his movies bring in money, why wouldn't Hollywood just love him? Like, and it's weird too, because he, he ends up in movie roles, like as a character or like as a cameo a lot. So, you know, people love him. But for some reason, Hollywood just like doesn't give him budgets anymore. Well, you know, I'll save that for next week. I'm sure a lot of people know all this stuff anyway. So, yeah, we'll get into that next week, guys. It's he's definitely got an interesting story. And I think he does have a new movie coming out soon. I'll I'll say that. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. (laughs) All right. So let me move on to the movie trivia. Um, This film was supposed to be the first in a series of films that explored the mythology of the Black Lodge, but due to the fact that this flopped at the box office, they abandoned it all. So, you know, there were going to be more movies, but oh well. In most versions of the film, there are certain parts that are automatically subtitled, which is cool. David Lynch was so back and forth with the idea that once it came to deciding if the British version should like have them or not, he ran out of time and the scene didn't end up with the subtitles. So just forever, they'll never know. Like in the club scenes and stuff, when there's subtitles fixed on the screen, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl Lee has said, I quote, I have had many people, victims of incest, approach me since the film was released. So glad that it had been made because it helped them to release a lot, end quote. Which I do like, and we'll get into that part of it. You know, obviously that's a very heavy very very heavy subject matter but we'll get into it so this was announced quickly after the cancellation of twin peaks but was then shelled for a little while due to a lot of the cast not wanting to join the cast of this movie 
David had to recast some characters that actually forced a couple like continuity errors in the plot line. So, which obviously, since I haven't seen the show, I didn't really understand what it was talking about. So I'll just kind of leave it at that. In one scene, Lynch asked Cheryl Lee to inhale smoke from five cigarettes at once, where she then fainted because of it. Uh, there's actually about three more hours of footage that was taken out of the film. What do you know? The writer of the story, Robert Ingalls, believes that it would have been enough to make a sequel out of. So kind of Loki, possibly a boring one. We'll get into that. Uh, Robert Ingalls claims that the scenes that are seemingly nonsensical are there. Uh, why they're there is because this was going to be just the first entry in the planned trilogy of films. But and this will be a good segue into the discussion. My issue with that is that if you aren't entirely sure that that's going to happen, why make a film this way then? That is an, that is a good take. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I have issues with like shows. Okay. Nothing is worse. Right. And everybody can agree with this. We've all had this happen where like Netflix, you watch a new show that comes out, you binge an entire season. Guess what? It gets canceled. Well, also yeah. guess what? They left it on a fucking cliffhanger. Yes. And, but even worse with this movie is that all of these small details that they're talking about, like this monkey, this little person that's talking backwards and this, these people floating in air, like all this weird shit, these, the curtain room, whatever it's called, all this is going to be tied in with the rest of the trilogy, but yet it never came to fruition. So I didn't get answers. And I don't know if that gets answered in the series. I doubt it. Maybe I could be wrong, but, and and I really do want to like put it out there that I'm not at all shitting on this movie. I mean, just wait till my rating or whatever. But I think I just I was so hyped about it. I was actually probably mostly excited for this movie. And then like any of them this month. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I mean, Twin Peaks, I always wanted to get like into it, like try it again, the series. And then I was like, oh, yeah, there's a movie. And and so many people like other podcasters listen to it stuff. They all go up so hard for it and um i just i don't see it as much as they do so like there's something maybe no, no, if you had watched the series like a long time ago mm -hmm. and um like kind of like watch that first and then watch the movie um could be different i think it would probably be different yeah um yeah. but also just like hearing from a lot of other people too um and like seeing like different things online and um like reddit threads and all that stuff uh, a lot of people don't get it they don't like it they're like well what's the big hype on this and then there's the people mm. who like are ride or die twin peaks fans that are like well you just <laughs> you don't get it because you're dumb um right but it's it really is not for everybody same with like the x-files i freaking love the x-files and a lot of people yeah. don't I love yeah. the Twilight Zone. A lot of people don't. Yeah. Uh, but I also grew up watching all of that. Like I grew up watching the X-Files new episodes with my dad on Sundays. I watched uh, Twilight Zone. It's like a tradition. We watch it every Christmas Eve at my parents' house. That's dope. Um, yeah. So that's why like all of that stuff I enjoy. It's like nostalgic for me. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people just don't like stuff like that. Yeah. And like this yeah, is kind of. That crazy and he would like the, this is, it's pretty crazy you're like what the fuck is going on mm -hmm. all right guys let us get into the laura palmer's heart sad stuff yep 
let's hear a Nick Reganis special. <laughs> of course. Thank you so much again, Nick. We yes. really appreciate you. We love you. Okay, so with the gruesome discovery of the 17-year-old drifter Teresa Banks's body wrapped in plastic, the FBI agent Chester Desmond and the forensic expert Sam Stanley find themselves in the small town of Deer Meadow, Washington. Twelve short months later, in the sleepy neighboring town of Twin Peaks, things spiral out of control in the life of the absurd, traumatized, and emotionally broken teenage homecoming queen, Laura Palmer. As her cocaine addiction and her menacing father, Leland, are the grim harbingers of her downfall. But the girl is crying out for help, and against the backdrop of terrifying boogeymen, unspeakable domestic horrors, and a silent undercurrent of a sinister supernatural force, there can be no easy answers or simple solutions. And now, in a flawed and blemished town of wolves, the angels have gone away. Is Laura's fate sealed? Boom. Nick, you really got to use all those words, dude. Like, <clears throat> come on. Fucking show off. <laughs> He's like, cool. They gassed me up in the beginning of it. And then they <laughs> literally roast me at the end. Yeah. Then they're just <laughs> ripping me to shreds. Like, he's doing the absolute most. I love it for him, but. Mm-hmm. Just go write a book, dude. We get it. Yeah. Tongue twister is okay. He's just a show off. Yeah. Sweet, dude. Well, usually I kick it off with a question, but I actually didn't even think of one because I was just mostly like questioning what I had just watched and stuff. Um, And if I think in the moment, I don't really. For some reason, it feels inappropriate, just given the context of what it's basically about. Um, I guess. OK, actually, it's more of a question for me to clarify something. So according to the show. Like, you know how in season two, technically, or whatever, is when it's revealed who Laura Palmer's killer was. Is it in the in the show? Is it her dad? Well, it's not it's not her dad. So there's like a there's like an entity that like gets brought into the world, um, gets brought into Twin Peaks, and this entity like attaches itself to hosts. And so it attached itself. It's Bob is what the name is. So that's who she keeps talking about in the movie. The guy in the denim okay. who like assaults her. Yeah. So that's like the entity is him. And then it attaches itself to her dad. So it's not her dad. That's why he acts all weird. And he, it's like not. So because she starts to catch on, um, which pisses it off. But that's why. Her dad acts like that, and that's why her dad does what he does, because it's not him. It's, like, an entity in his body. So that's that's canon, even with the movie? Yes. Oh. Does that make more sense, maybe? Yeah, I guess so, as to... It, it, it lends to, like, the weirdness, mm-hmm. um, I guess, but I do feel that at near the end like i don't fucking care at this point dude it's our discussion like obviously you people know like we're gonna be spoiling the entire thing so i'm just gonna give my feelings about the end like that was where i was like finally i'm getting cinema and i know that just sounds really fucked up but like where there was real emotion Mm -hmm. and i felt terrible for laura palma's character 
like i was like what the fuck like she's been literally like raped by her father which that that's like okay this is just my take she was exactly right and and the whole thing of like um how people have gone to her like the actress cheryl lee or whatever her name was um and said like you know i was a victim of incest like shit like that like it reached out to me so i think to me i took it as a metaphor the entire time and i think that's ultimately like what it is maybe but at the same time like i didn't really pick up on the fact that this entity was like taking over her father's body but i guess it does like help a little bit because Mm -hmm. you know but I also think that 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 maybe that's like Laura Palmer's um, way of coping with it is she couldn't believe that her father could do something like that to her, a rape her, and also b kill her, and so that's like the way that she copes with it is believing that some entity had to have the power to do it. That's just yeah that that could I feel like that could be a thing if like the movie didn't have like a like a the what what it had before where like all of that does like get realized and figured out because there's like mm-hmm. a nuclear bomb that goes off um like what bob yeah in the show and like bob which is like the entity like there's like another world and it like comes out of that <laughs> it's like an orb <laughs> and he like can attach himself to people um and I think I'm trying to remember, like, in the show, I'm pretty sure he, like, attaches himself to someone that lives, like, next door to the dad or something. Because the dad, like, deals with it, with it too, as, like, growing up. And then what? it's, yeah, it's a lot. Again, you have to see the show. So, like. What the fuck? It is, yeah. <laughs> as much as, like, it would make sense to be a metaphor where she, like, mm-hmm. saw that or felt that way. Um, it's, like, 100% it isn't because it is this entity that came from like the a different Another universe world, yeah. pretty much it's kind of like oh. a little bit how they did like um uh stranger things a little bit how there's like that okay. separate like universe yeah. yeah yeah but they call it uh what the fuck can i think of it i just watched the freaking movie i didn't hear anything the black lodge Oh, is in okay. like another dimension. Okay. Um, and that's where like Bob, like the entity came from. And is that like when the, the nuclear bomb curtains? went off? The red curtain. Yes. Uh-huh. So that's the Black Lodge, and that's like a different dimension. Yes, I think there's also like a Red Lodge too. It might be, yeah. Okay. But um, like that picture that she was given. Yeah. With like that room, yes. Um. So yeah, the entity attached itself to her dad as its host. So, because you remember when she said in the movie, she said, were you home at this time? Because remember, she came home, she saw Bob, the weird guy in the denim, in her bedroom, but then her dad walks out. Right. Yeah. But you can, you can understand my viewpoint as someone who has a show as to how this could all be a metaphor. Yes. A hundred percent, especially as only seeing the movie. Yeah. It could be okay. seen as like an artsy piece where like you can come up with all of these different things like, oh, well, this is that. This is this. Mm-hmm. Yes. But um, because it was like the whole series and all that stuff and it's just 
outlandish as it is. <laughs> yeah. um, it's different. You're so. like, so yes, Jenta, but no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I see uh, where you're coming crazy. from, but yeah. Okay, well, definitely changes things. I don't know if it technically changes my ratings, but, you know, because that's the complication of making a movie based off a television series. If they did that with, like, an example you just made, Stranger Things, if they made a movie that went to theaters... Yeah. And it talked about the upside down and all this shit, but like didn't like give you explanations as to why it exists or whatever. Yeah. You'd be confused as fuck, dude. So oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Well, like I said, I don't know if it helps or not, but let's just get into my notes. Also, got to say it, the runtime period. Uh, Yeah, it's long. God damn it. Wasn't it two and a half? Basically like two hours, 15 minutes Two fifty. Okay. Well, it felt yeah. like two and a half. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fucking lie. It felt like two and a half for, for yeah. real to me. Um, I don't know. This is the, the first time in a long time that I've been really antsy. Like I, I, at one point, which I know this is disrespectful to, to like, especially Lynch. I'm so sorry. Like if he heard, you know, he'd be like, Oh, you're not a real cinephile, but I like had to get up just to, like stretch and like I had to like go get like my clothes ready for work the next day like shit like that like at some points because I was just like honestly to me none of this has anything to do with what's going on kind of but sorry all right let's get into it so my first note um the intro credits say that they're in alphabetical order but they weren't and I kind of love that <laughs> it was just like you know yeah, it was like in alphabetical order, and then it starts with like someone with a Z. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Wild. And this I didn't pick up on like the alphabetical order that they were going. But anyway, um, so a TV is broken, a body wrapped up is going down the river. David Lynch himself is like a cop or whatever in Portland, Oregon, and there's two other cops looking into a school bus of children, and I don't know, like arresting the bus driver or something. I literally have no idea. So this is my first note, guys. I already am like, I'm not 100% sure. Oh, man. I don't know anything, honestly. There's a woman named Lil wearing a red wig, squinting a lot. But then the two detectives are in the car talking about all of it. And I think it was like code or some shit. Uh, sure. <laughs> um. And yeah, I mean, like, I love seeing Kiefer Sutherland, but he's not in it. Enough. I love him. Like David I know. Bowie, like all these characters, dude. Whatever. So Chet and Sam, these two detectives, the two uh, partners on the inv investigation of a girl who was found dead, go to the local cops doing cop things like for real this time. Oh, my God. And Chet forces his way in and gets the info that he needs as they're doing an autopsy on the girl. Um, like in a fucking cabin, by the way, just like a hut. It's like a shed and they're doing an autopsy. I was like, okay, cool. Um, while they're doing the autopsy, though, we get fingernail trauma, which I know is hard for you and I, Courtney. I hate it. God. Oh. Pull a fingernail off. I had to close my eyes. Yeah. But underneath her nail, there's a very small piece of paper with the letter T on it. So, yep. <clears throat> David Lynch loves a good diner vibe for sure. Also got to point that out because um, I feel like that happened kind of with the slow club last week's movie um, where it's just got like the neon sign out front and like dirt roads by it. And it just, you know, he, he likes that. So, and, and I got to say like in general, nothing is better than like a diner in cinema. The, the whole vibe of it, like 
every movie that has like a diner. I love it. In it it's the best, dude. It makes it makes you want to go to a diner for it sure. does real bad. Dump their cheeties. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Um, they also talked to the lady at the diner where the girl worked for a little while. She says that she thinks that she had a drug problem and that a few days before she went missing, her left arm went numb for some reason. So this is kind of where the, these are the points I'm trying to make is like, I feel like this information is too much and it doesn't tie into it unless I'm, it, I could be stupid. I will admit that. I don't know what her left arm going numb has to do with anything, this entity coming into this space and time or whatever. Um, Dude, yell at me, Courtney. Fuck. That I honestly can't really remember. Okay, that's fine. I'm just like, I I feel like I'm dogging on it and I feel like I'm not upsetting you. Like, we're fine with debating movies, but yeah. I just, I don't want to upset people, but at the same time, I got to just voice my opinion. So I think it has something to do with the ring. Right. Oh my God. The ring, they, dude. When they wear the ring, um, like it causes like their arms to like go numb and like you lose function. What the fuck, dude? There's so many fucking details in this movie that I I don't even think I wrote a single fact about the ring, but they show it so many times and that it has powers. And mm-hmm. like in the end, there's like this random guy who's helping this. No, nah, whatever, dude, we'll get to there. But dude, what? So I do have a quote from my character. I don't know his name, but the guy that like runs the uh, trailer park. Do not disturb before 9 a.m. ever. I love that, dude. That energy for real. I'm not joking. Do not fucking talk to me, dude, in the morning. I'm a really <laughs> morning person, so don't fucking you, talk. You've to told me this a few times. Yes. Don't fuck around. Oh, my God. The dude who runs the trailer park, me, uh, shows them the girl's trailer, but then a woman comes in and doesn't say anything, and she's, like, shaking and scared looking, and the dude has a vision of a pole with the number six on it, and he starts crying and saying that he just wants to stay where he is. Chet and Sam tell the sheriff that they're taking the body of the girl with them back to Portland. Chet decides to go and check out the trailer park one more time. And that's where Chet finds the ring that was meant to be on the girl's finger underneath, I think, her trailer. I believe it's Mm -hmm. like a mound of dirt underneath her trailer. So cut to Philadelphia. And I'm not joking. I have no idea what the fuck is going on. In comes David Bowie or Courtney. And yeah, he was somewhere somewhere weird and like fucked up shit was happening. I maybe, okay. Like also I write quite a few notes as well. So maybe I missed some details, but I think he's a detective, right? Yes. Okay. He also has like supernatural powers. Cause he like, I don't know, man, the whole camera thing. Remember like the main detective dude. He's like staring at the camera and then he's walking down the hall and he walks right past him and he didn't see him. Whatever. I don't know. Uh, why am I not remembering that? You know, like the, the dude from Blue Velvet last week, how he's in this movie too? Yeah. Um, yeah. Him as the detective, he is like at the precinct or whatever. And he's looking at the camera in the hall, like the surveillance camera. And he like rushes into yeah. the room where the monitors are to see if he's still there. Oh, yes. And he's not. That whole scene. Yes. I'm just, bro, I don't know what's going on, but something's going on. <laughs> All right. So 
finally, one year later, and this is about 45 minutes in, I think. One year later, we're now following Laura Palmer, who's taking bumps of cocaine in the high school bathroom. Love that for her. That energy rips. At least back then, cocaine was safe, dude. Jesus. Safer? Yeah. Question mark? I should probably yeah. clarify. <laughs> Not all fentanyl these days. Jesus. All right. Uh, she then gets groped by one of the dudes in school who he claims that they're in love. And then Bobby gets all pissed off at her for some reason. Another boy. Um, I don't know who he thinks he is, but he's all pissed off. So Laura yeah, is starting to. Ick. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A lot of the characters do, obviously. A lot of the men in the movies. I mean, in the movie. In movies. Yeah, you're. I'm right, Jensen. <laughs> in movies. Yeah, guys are usually trash. Okay. So honestly, I've tuned out a bit at this point because I for real have no idea what's going on. There's like an old lady who wants to give her a picture of a door and some wallpaper for her house. And there's a kid with her wearing this. There's a kid with her wearing this white mask thing on his face. This shit is super weird. And I honestly didn't think that it was going to get this weird. Honestly. Oh, my notes, man. It's hard when, you know, in the moment I'm like, I don't really know what to type. Yeah. <laughs> Like, for real. So, Laura goes back home after some dude was in her room, Bob. Anyway, her dad, Leyland, is hella weird toward her, and he's pinching her cheek and checking out her hands to make sure that she had washed her hands earlier, and I really want to punch this dude in the tits for sure. Like Same. So, okay, when he's, like, being a dick like that, is that Leyland the dad, or is that Bob kind of no, still taking over? That's, yeah. Yeah, that's him huh. taking over. See, I struggle with that because, okay, let's talk about trauma for a second, right? Mm -hmm. Judging by when he starts to like question, like, did you wash your hands? And he, he's progressively getting like more and more pissed off at Laura. You can tell between the body language of Laura and her mom that they're like, oh God, like dad's about to get pissed off. And I feel like if that's like Bob doing that, that would just be like, okay, I'll do an example. I'll get, I'll give an example. Growing up, my mom was the one who yelled and like disciplined and stuff. My dad was super chill, never did anything. And one time my dad yelled at me and it was literally the most shocking thing. When it came to my mom, I could gear up for it. You know, I could prepare for the moment. Like I could tell when she was about to blow up or when she was getting pissed off. So I don't know. I just feel like maybe I'm buying into it too much. I mean, I'm literally picking apart one little scene. I just feel like in that moment, that was Leyland, like the dad, like or his personality, and that she was like scared of him. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I, I'll admit that. But you know, you're you're the one who's watched the show, so yeah, it was it wasn't him. Okay, but I do see. Yeah, from like that perspective, yes, I I could see where you're coming from. Um. But yeah, no, it's a bad guy. Uh, it's funny because you're just like, yeah, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's the bad guy. I'm like trying to fucking deep dive and yeah, no, not, it's not working. So Laura dreams of the one detective dude, like what's his name from Blue Velvet and one of the people from earlier and he's telling her not to take the ring then she wakes up and there's a girl talking to her is who's like seemingly dead. And the next thing you know, she has the ring in her hand. So, uh, so is this kind of like, 
someone else was killed by Bob, technically, and going through these like portals, somehow she received the actual ring in her reality, in her timeline. Uh, like who got the ring? Laura. Because she's like sleeping and then she sees the girl in her bed. And she... oh, I don't know yeah, if I'm Annie. making any sense. There's so much, dude. So Annie, who the fuck's Annie? What? Annie's the one that's in the bed. How? How do you know that? And what does that mean? Is that from <laughs> because, the show? Uh, yes. But also she said it in the movie. Okay, who's she said Annie, it. Though? I honestly can't fucking tell. God you. damn it. Okay. It's been a long time. I feel like we All should right. have both watched the series again. Hey, dude, maybe maybe sometime soon we'll uh we should. We'll work on it. Yeah. At I least do, I one. wanted to rewatch it um after I saw the movie again this week. But okay. yeah, because I don't I don't know how many I don't think there's like a shit ton of episodes, but maybe. I think I think I read it in my trivia that season one is only six episodes. So I could definitely yeah. do that. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I could do the 22 episodes of season two that quick. That's what it was. Season two had a lot. Yes. That would be wild, but I'm willing to do like season one if it buys into it enough. So I'm willing to try that. Maybe, maybe like later this year, we could do like, you know, an episode on the first season of Twin Peaks. All right, dude. Uh, David Lynch also loves women singing in late night bars. All awesome and shit. Love that. Yeah, he does. Um, I did like this quote from obviously a very gross character. Like I said, all the dudes are gross, but it's quote, hey, slow pokes, guess what? There's no tomorrow. No, why, baby? Because it'll never get here. I didn't know what it meant, but I was like, that's cool. I'd li- I like it. They're just like getting fucking belligerently drunk in a club, question mark, whatever it is. So yeah, Laura and her friend Donna go to this late night club where women are undressing and there's a band playing and everything is red and I really want to go. Um, some dude date rapes Donna, of course. I mean, seeing how last week's movie went, I wasn't shocked yeah. to see sexual assault in this movie as well, sadly. But yeah. Uh, Laura's with her dad and while they're driving a dude driving, a dude in a pickup truck pulls up next to them and yells at them weird stuff. It also shows us how Leyland was involved with the girl who was killed in the beginning. Right? Uh, yes. Okay, but it was still Bob who is taking his body over. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to move on, dude. Uh, I hope it doesn't, like, negate any of my later notes, but we'll see. So, and then in a flash, but flashback, it shows Leyland killing her with a lead pipe or Bob, I should say, uh, maybe Babayland. Babayland. Laura and Bobby are high in the forest waiting for someone to come and give them a huge score of cocaine. A dude shows up and pulls a gun on them, but Bobby shoots him first. He gets him with a headshot and all. It was pretty rough, dude. Damn. And like. Kind of low-key, poor Bobby, because, like, that dude pulled the gun first. He did, yeah, yeah. and the brains. Yeah, and he... That's he, the brains we opened today. Exactly, dude, yeah. You could tell he did not want to, like, kill somebody. He just was like, fuck. Yeah, her just, like, cackling at it was kind of irritating me also. Yeah, a little bit, dude, but cocaine does some shit to you. <laughs> so, next note. I don't know, Leyland, I believe... 
or Bob, I guess, drugs the mom with milk and she sees a white horse. Uh, then the man from earlier. So yeah, Bob comes into Laura's window and rapes her while she sleeps, but then it's revealed that it's actually her father, but I guess it's, well, it is in his, you know, in it's his, his body. body. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it would, would still be, be shocking. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So Laura gets really high on cocaine again, and then she goes out with James on his bike later that night and Leyland sees them take off. Um, they make out and declare their love for each other in the forest. And Laura tells him that Bobby killed someone. She tells James that he doesn't really know her and that there are things that Donna doesn't know about her. It, this is where it started to make me sad because like just knowing what's going on, um, Mm -hmm. and what she's dealing with, I just feel like it, you know, I feel like it could have been done differently, but it does make me sad. Like I do think if I'm remembering her name correctly, Cheryl Lee did kill it. Like she did play Laura Palmer like amazingly. Yeah. And emotionally. Um yeah. I just I feel like a lot of I like certain things grounded in realness. And now I'm trying to figure out if the realization of Bob being a separate entity and not taking the the thing I had in mind seriously, which is, you know, a metaphor for yeah. her father, you know, raping her and the mm-hmm. incest. I'm wondering now if that's like making it worse almost, dude. Cause it's like, I don't like to play around with that shit. Yeah. I don't know. Like, because that's, that's haunting in its own right. I don't know, mm-hmm. dude, maybe I'm tired people. It's nine <laughs> o'clock and that's late for me. This is wild, dude. This whole fucking movie. Are you going to yell at me? <laughs> Do you want me to yell at you? I don't know. Am I like hurting your feelings? No. Okay. Okay. No, I just like explain because it's difficult to explain in like of course, yeah, words, yeah, um, just because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense even when it does, (laughs) and I think that's what a lot of people have qualms about with it. Is mm-hmm. just it like kept getting more and more and more and more outlandish, right? And like, yeah, dude. I would have loved if like those metaphors were the thing, and if it like it was more of like that, like artsy, whatever. Because like, yeah, it's it is like a really beautiful film, and it's really heartfelt, and it's really sad. Like when she tells, um, I think his name's James. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. that she loves him and like runs off because she's like a very troubled person like she's doing drugs she's um dealing with like the trauma mm-hmm. um like with all of that that's going on she's a prostitute on top of it yeah um as and she's a, a young girl she's probably not even 18 i would think she's in high mm-hmm. school and she's like being paid to have sex with these like way way older men yeah um and like her friend is like clearly worried about her and is like what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. um but yeah so if it it went the way that you are describing i feel mm-hmm. like that it could work as well but it just <laughs> that, isn't, <laughs> that isn't what it is yeah it sucks it's a lot dude well i've only got a few more notes so 
I'll just, you know, once we're done, you can yell at me more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Laura what tells, Jackson? right? You fucking loser. I'm never coming on here again, dude. This podcast is over. So Laura tells James to fuck off, essentially, and she ends up meeting with those dudes and that one chick from the club from earlier, and they go to the cabin that one of them invited her to. They are, of course, getting incredibly high and also more and more naked and stuff. The one bigger dude starts to tie Laura up and is going to rape her or does, question mark. I'm not 100% sure. Um, But then Leyland followed her there, or Bob, whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to say Leyland. Um, the scene, though, when she's taking off on the motorcycle and <laughs> he, like, peeks out watching. the window was yeah. so fucking funny. He's just chilling. He's like, where are you going? <laughs> So yeah, he he followed her there, um, and he beats the shit out of the bigger dude, and the other guy just takes off in the car. But then Leyland goes into the cabin, and now Laura is even more scared, which is sad to think about, that she was less scared to be raped by a fucking strange man. Um, yeah. He takes both girls, so Laura and... I don't know the other girl's name from the club, but or whatever. Uh, he takes the girls into the forest on an abandoned train where he ties them back up. It's wild. Um, okay. So I'm really not too sure. Maybe I, I probably missed something or he's from the show or something, but like an older white dude followed them there also with the missing arm. Yeah. Yeah. He's from the show. Okay, cool. Sick. And, uh, he helps the one girl escape, but he can't quite, can't quite get to Laura and Leyland stabs her to death, which is rough. Leyland wraps her up in the infamous plastic and puts her in the river. Leyland is transported to the curtain realm, as I called it, or the black, whatever, black lodge. Lodge. And the doppelganger version of him or whatever. So that was my interpretation. Uh, the yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so Bob pulls the pain and sorrow out of him and spews it on the floor. Um, there's a monkey and someone eating corn, I think. <laughs> i think it was i yeah i don't in reverse i'm pretty sure i don't understand or remember the monkey really yeah i don't i don't think i do it happens multiple times in the movie. no no i remember the monkey in the movie oh okay. but i don't remember like anything from before about oh. it I was like, dude, it happens multiple times. <laughs> no i so, remember okay. the monkey okay when okay. that little kid takes his mask <laughs> off and it's like the monkey face yeah um, yeah Weird shit is happening. Okay, so all this weird shit, is it essentially like crossovers from other realms or something? Like, help me, dude. Yes. And um, like, uh, is it Cooper? I think his name is. He like has dreams um, where he's able to like see things like when he's able to see like who the next victim is when he's like describing like she's blonde, she's a high school student, she's sexually active, whatever. So he can like see things through dreams. Um oh. so there's like that. And then there's like, of course, like the like separate universe with like all of the weird shit. Um the ring possesses powers. I think it could either like shield you from harm or mark you for death. Okay. Um it like makes your arms numb. Um. Yeah, there's just a lot because <laughs> <don't> uh, <laughs> like there's a character Judy who like vomits, 
this these like clouds um and like one of them's like the orb that bob is and he like in the show um would come to like leland in his dreams i think and like bob used to like torment him when he was growing up and then like i guess entered his body eventually so it's yeah and this is just trying to remember from uh a long time ago i feel like i at least should have tried to rewatch some of it to kind of get a refresher but I was going to say, there's a part of me that wants you to, or that wants me to have you stop talking because I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, Courtney, shut the fuck up. And I'm like, actually, Jensen, I just made all that up. I don't know if that's true. I'm not just kidding. Right, dude. Yeah, for real. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Well, I have one more like note to finish out the story, quote unquote. Laura is in the Black Lodge realm thing now with the one detective guy, whatever you said his name was, and she's like all pretty, like all done up. Um, She also sees an angel and she starts crying and laughing. I'm not really sure how to take all of it. That's pretty much how it ends. That was my last note, dude. I don't know. You got for real, for real. I don't know, man. I'm leaving it there. Do you have anything like anything else to add? I mean, I think you did a good job to help mediate the questions I had and stuff. With the show and everything. Um, Do you feel worse? We're going to get there. And I think this is going to be a shocker for a lot of people now. Because I'm sitting in stone with what I'm going to do. Okay? Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I don't know what that means, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, do you have any notes, like uh, favorite scenes or anything to add in before I just go to cause of death? I mean, I, there's a lot of scenes I like. I mean, I like the movie in general. Um, Like, I think it was filmed really well. I think it was, um, I think it was good. I personally think it was good that they made that. I know a lot of people don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But since the show flopped, unfortunately, like I know David Lynch wanted to do something like else with it. Yeah, because I'm sure that was probably a bummer. Because when it got so much hype, and then it was like, actually, no, mm-hmm. like this is a lot. And 22 episodes is a lot yeah. for a season. Uh, yeah, big time. Um, but yeah, I just I feel for her character. It's it's really sad. Yeah, me too. Of course, for sure. Yeah, and it's, just it's that, a lot for her as a character. Yeah, and that scene of her in her room, and she's like snoring coke, smoking cigarettes. And right. drinking a shooter. Right. I'm like, girl, you know, that's, pro- that's probably like a Tuesday, too. For real, dude. For real. She's got to chill a little bit. Yeah. Let's get into the cause of Laura Palmer's death. Sadly, it's a stabbing, but it was done by Bob, not Leyland. Right. <laughs> <laughs> True. Right. At least it wasn't her real dad. Right. So... One thing I'd also like to say is, you know, obviously, usually when we pick our own movies, you know, for the the current theme, we do try mm-hmm. to do things that we know. Um, I'll just reveal it now. Next week's pick is, you know, like the one that we both pick, which is Courtney. Eraserhead. Yes. So we will be doing that. But I would have picked it 
I guess because that's the only movie I've seen, but I was like, I think we have to do that as just like David lunch month, you know, like that's the, yes. the antithesis of it. So I left it for that. And between you and I talking, I was like, well, I'd be down to do like Mulholland drive. Cause I know it has, it has one of the most classic jump scares in cinema. And we can do that. But don't we need four movies this month? Um, I don't know. Maybe looking at the calendar. I don't remember. I'd have to look at it. <laughs> There's always room to do it again, you know, or, or, you know, do it later on. I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to look at the calendar, but I'm just trying to say I did struggle with what my pick was going to be because I hadn't seen anything else. I was even tempted with Lost Highway. I was really tempted with Elephant Man, but that's more of a drama. Yeah. Um, but I think we said we were going to watch it and then maybe talk about it a little bit. Oh, true, dude. Yeah. We were going to try to watch like another one of his films or whatever. Oops. Well, didn't do that, but. I went with this because it was actually tagged as horror. I had heard so many horror fans love it and all this stuff. With that, um, I'm my rating was going into this going to be a three out of five with a heart. Okay. okay? After this discussion, and th- trust me, I'm not even saying this. This has never happened before. I'm not going to rate it because <laughs> not in a, like, not in like, Oh, I hated it that much. Obviously like, you know, dude, nothing peaks like rubber over yeah. that. So like, yeah. not like that. It's because you just don't know. I just feel like it's unfair. Like yeah. I don't, I don't want to give out a rating that doesn't make fucking sense. Yeah. So I'm just going to take the rating off and leave it at a heart and do that because I have no, comparison to the story or timeline or anything i mean dude the amount of shit that you just dumped on me from the show i was like what the my jaw dropped when you said he was an entity that was the first thing you told me and then all the other shit i'm like oh there's different dimensions there's an atomic bomb there's other characters obviously that you know like this fucking detective can jump into people's dreams or whatever the fuck is going on i'm like what so that's it, dude. I am removing the rating. Never has happened on here before, but wow, I'm doing this it. is a historical event, Jensen. It is, dude. We're we're putting oh, wow. sand on the paper. Yeah, dude. It's it's wild, but dude, and, the sands I mean, of the hourglass. So are the days exactly. of our lives. Yeah. So let's let's hear yours since you're you know someone who's actually seen the series and the and the movies or movie. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna go with a. Three point eight. Okay. Yeah, that's sounds about right for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Three point eight. Um, I enjoy it. Um it's pretty long, which I didn't hate. Uh I think it, it kind of needed to be long. Um, especially yeah. being like a prequel to something. Um, there was a lot that they had to cram in there because we're looking at 30 episodes of a show mm-hmm. um so yeah that that makes sense um yeah i think that's about all i have to say yeah. about it yeah. i do like it um i remember watching it a long time ago with my dad um i should have maybe paid attention better to the second season of the show yeah. it's hard to yeah to, be captivated to with 22 episodes when Dude, for real. you're like a high schooler and 
Right. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot of there wasn't a whole lot of places to really watch it either. Because it was before like you were able to just watch an entire series on like a streaming service and right. Um, yeah, but okay. I can see it from both sides from like people who really love it, they're thankful for it, and people who are the opposite. Yeah, or stuck in limbo, or stuck in yeah. the the black lodge like me or whatever dude because yes. i don't know what's going on so lodge casino yep. yeah <laughs> <laughs> your first choice for fun remember that commercial <laughs> i sure fucking do <laughs> yeah i mean i don't really have anything else to add um i'm as i've said many many times on here i'm not the biggest series watcher so it might be kind of hard for me to watch the show um but i would like to try to get around to it it's so weird i swore i thought it was an hbo thing growing up um not abc it doesn't seem like it should live on abc it seems like it should be yeah that is that is a bit odd yeah but yeah i i genuinely like it's almost like i want to apologize you know i i have that inkling to apologize to like our listeners but at the same time like it's just my opinion whatever uh courtney loves it and it's not that i didn't love it technically i just didn't understand any of it so and, and I think a lot okay. of people, yeah, I think a lot of people could relate to that. Like sometimes you just go into shit and you're confused because there's hours and hours of other footage that you didn't watch. Yes. It's true. <laughs> so, and like, yeah, people like they gatekeep things, but they also expect things of other people where like people will be shocked when they hear someone hasn't seen something oh, God, and it's I like, well, that there's just so much to see mm-hmm. and like sometimes you have to pick and choose what like draws your attention what you want to see because there's right. so many shows that are super hyped that people are talking about yeah consistently that i have no idea at all what they're talking about because i've never seen a single episode like i've never seen yep. breaking bad i've never right. seen um uh what's the game of thrones i've never seen the walking dead I've never seen um, like all of those series that yeah, like people are diehard fans of mm-hmm. freaking Grey's Anatomy, uh, Gossip Girls, all like those. I've never seen them. Um, and so I have no idea what people are talking about. It's completely like whatever. But the thought now of starting a series from mm-hmm. first episode to last, I couldn't fathom doing that now. No, Mm-mm. especially a series that's like. 13 seasons long oh my god no like how do you just start the how i mean like okay hear me out like you know me in the office i put that on but it's mostly background noise when i'm doing shit cooking dinner shit like that right so whatever but yes completely agree dude when okay so like example prime example dead ringers like david cronenberg's Mm -hmm. dead ringers just got remade as a amazon prime original series Mm -hmm. with uh, rachel weiss which right is that her name yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I fucking love her. I think she's fantastic. And and the show looks great. I want to watch it. Guess what? I went on to Amazon Prime. I was about to hit play. And I was like, you know what, dude? I think it's like eight episodes right now. And they're all an hour long. I do not have eight hours to just sit by and watch Rachel Weisz get go all crazy, go all hard with her fucking twin sister. You know, (laughs) I don't have it's hard. And I would love to be able to understand what people are saying and like 
just have that in my brain where like I know what mm-hmm. people are saying and like why something is so good. Right. And like even with like The Last of Us, I started watching um mm-hmm. like the first episode yeah. and I got sidetracked um yeah. and yeah. I never picked back up on it. True. So people were like nonstop. And I was like, I want to know what they're talking about so badly. Right. And I want to be involved. Like I have FOMO, but I just, I never had the time to sit down and watch hours. All of hours. these. Yeah. And yeah. like, I know, like I can find time. I do have time, but like, there's just a lot of other things that I need to cram into my time. Exactly. And once I get home and stuff, yeah. it's just hard to be like, okay, well like now I can finally sit down and, um, like watch this episode but yeah yeah i will it's, get around to that eventually because yeah of course i mean it, it was good and and i like i told you you need to at least watch episode three of course as everybody yeah. knows um but to yeah i mean it's kind of a weird tangent that we're going off on but it kind of relates to the episode of course like these days you and i are the rare people like i i'm sure you have realized that that when i'm at work when i'm out in public and it you know shit comes up People talk about series Mm -hmm. and they go, oh, my God, have you seen? Yeah, like you said, like all these shows, right? And I'm like, "Um, I have to explain myself. I'm not a big series person every fucking time in conversation. You especially, the amount of movies you watch. (laughs) Like it because like I could justify watching like an episode of a series a night because sometimes I can't get through a whole movie. Yeah. But also like I want to watch movies because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i just feel like they they do more for me they do yes exactly that's like to me it's kind of the equivalent of people who would rather read like comic books than like mm-hmm. read fiction books i'm yeah. more of like a, i'll read novels yeah. and i hate series as well like i hate like game of thrones like i love sci-fi and fantasy shit don't get me wrong but like reading all those books i can't do it yeah the and short, i think the it's because <laughs> i'm afraid of like starting something and never finishing it. Oh my. And then gosh. I'll always oh have it god. in my brain where I'm like, fuck. Yep. Like I have to finish that now because I started it and like I don't want to like not finish what I started. Exactly. And then it's just that anxiety of like shit, well, I'm about to start this movie, but I could watch another episode of the show. So right. I don't and know. You know People are probably like, stupid. shut the fuck up and watch the show. Whatever. I don't care. It's not I that mean, serious. Yeah. It's really not. And the other upsetting thing about it is even if you're like, okay, like for me, I'm a big office fan. There is this weird group of people who, if you can't quote every single fucking line, which I can most of them, because like I said, it's on in the background most of the time. If you can't quote every single line, name every single character, whatever, um, say, Hey, what line is this? What episode is this on? Like they judge you because you're not as good as them. And I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm over this shit. I'm I'm for real. I'm done with it. I don't know why we're ranting on like series. <laughs> well, people it's just, will it's say to me, "Oh, like that episode in the office that this happens." I'm like, I I do oh, not know yeah. Yeah. what you're talking about. Oh, dude, the worst for me because I hate like the stupid adult humor of. Oh God, I'm gonna get fucking raked over the coals. But I hate Family Guy and American Dad. <laughs> and I don't love South Park. I I'd prefer South Park over those two any day. Um, I'm not the biggest Futurama fan. Simpsons is okay, but all these iconic shows that are just stupid. There, people always come up to me and like, oh, remember that episode of Family Guy? And I'm like, literally, no, I don't. But okay, like I just let them do their thing. And that's I funny because I, I grew up with all of those. 
with like it. my again my dad watched all of those growing up so like mm-hmm. i have a soft spot for them but i completely get what you're saying oh god like peter griffin fuck that i hate <laughs> <Blech>. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because like i actually do like i like that show um (laughs) i don't like south park at all really okay oh man no but you know what i mean like that crude just stupid humor yeah i watched a a video i guess they had like south park like a concert at red rocks okay and i watched they had like the the people who do the voices. Oh, okay. they like sang songs um, from the show at Red Rock. So it was like a whole concert, and it like wow. sold out. I've never seen that many people in one area, and <laughs> I was just flabbergasted. Oh uh, yeah, flabbergasted. I yeah, I'm like I'm not I'm not going to say anything about it, but um, hey, that's how I feel about american dad and stuff i'm just like or like yeah i can't dude family guy is so i i mean you know i get it it's like that comfort for you i'm sure but yeah to me i'm just like there there's i can't dude <laughs> i cannot yeah so well uh, yeah well we went off on kind of a tangent but i just think it is a weird time where you know even like horror podcasters i've seen a lot of our our friends you know, like homies of horror, uh, about a month ago, they covered the last of us, like the whole season. Okay. You know, things like that. And that's a lot. That's a lot to a watch. It, that's probably my biggest issue with series is nothing is better than if you really want to watch a series and episodes are 20 minutes long or half an hour or something. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I can sit down, put on an episode and watch it once a day or whatever, not put this huge chunk of fucking time on my whole day my evening yeah because sometimes the series episodes are like an hour and a half long which is just like a movie dude right what are we doing like it's it's wild but people do love series like that the longer the better for a lot of people yes yeah it's funny too because like obviously in you know like what with what we do we watch a lot of movies and stuff and we run a horror podcast so naturally i'm sure you get it too Coworkers, friends, family, they're constantly telling me like about these new like horror-esque series or whatever. And I'm like, hey, that's cool. Probably don't have time to watch it. My mm-hmm. mom is always like saying, hey, check out this series, check out this series. And I'm like, I love you, but like I can't physically do that. Yeah. There's seven seasons and they're all 45 minutes long. I I just don't have 72 hours of my time to give to a show. <laughs> I feel that. I think we're in the same boat there. Yeah. All right. Rant over for me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> we should chill. Um, yeah. Before. Oh, yes. We just literally don't have an audience anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's like crickets now. Yeah. They're just like, well, I'm done with them. Nah. I feel like we 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 do kind of live in like this small group of people who. We just love cinema and like. I'm fine with watching a series once in a blue moon, but like daily, nah, dude, I'll pass. Except unless it's like background noise, like uh, even like yeah. Love Is Blind. Like I'm on my phone while I'm watching that shit. You know it, dude. <laughs> I think I've edited a podcast while I was watching Love Is Blind. So. Yeah, people are <laughs> popping off with the Love Is Blind. Also, yes, they are coming to Colorado. <laughs> so wild. 
All right, guys, that was Twin Peaks Firewalk with me from 1992, directed by, of course, Sir David Lynch. Uh, next week, our communal pick, whatever you want to call it, our group pick, is going to be Eraserhead, a classic, a banger, black and white, just dreamy weirdness. And yeah, I'm very pumped for this. Yet again, it's available on HBO Max if you want to watch it before you you know, go into our discussion. Um. Man, if you guys want to catch us online, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Jensen Harper. You can find Courtney on Instagram at Little Sky Dancer. If you want to catch the pod online, you can find us on Instagram at The Fright Crew. That's pretty much it. Um, Courtney, what should the listener do for Laura Palmer? They should give her a rating and review. Yes. Uh, preferably positive. And yeah. Jensen will spend <laughs> his entire weekend watching season one and two. Oof. That's It'll all you will be weekend. doing the Shit. entire weekend. No, from like the second you wake up until it's Monday morning. Oh my God. I literally would text you at like, it'd be like some obscure ass, like 2.15 a.m. on like Sunday. And I'd be like, yo, I'm dreaming. and Like, am I awake right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm in the like, black uh, Cooper, you are not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. All right. Well, if I were to say anything, stay, uh, Stay wearing that red wig and and just doing your jittery With moves. The sour face. Yeah, whatever the fuck you're doing, giving giving detectives codes. I don't know what. To do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Okay. Bye.